0: Hi, everyone. This is Julie Coston, and this is the Inclusion Podcast. And we are here for episode 16. And uh, it is my absolute pleasure to be with Brianna Dickens. Now, if you didn't hear the last podcast, episode 15, um, we got to hear about Brianna's general experiences in school. And I'll give you kind of a brief update. So, Brianna was someone who was in a self contained classroom, K 12. She was deemed as someone who uh, had an intellectual disability and she could communicate. And as soon as she could communicate, um, that label left her. She's also someone with autism and ha- talks in the last episode all about uh, what it was like when people didn't presume her to be competent. And now today I have asked her to talk to us about communication. So let me start by just saying, welcome, Brianna. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for having me. Yep, so excited. So for this episode, uh, there are lots of people out there that listen that support students who don't have verbal communication uh, or have limited verbal communication. And so today, I just want to ask you um, kind of, were there any stories in your life that really illustrate what it was like for you in school.
1: Yeah, so um, one story uh, that I can think of that highlights it pretty good Mm -hmm. um, was in high school. So um, at that point, I was um, typing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was able to type um, my thoughts and communicate. I also had limited verbal. So I guess... A lot of my experience, I had some verbal. I was deemed nonverbal, but I did have some. It was just not functional. Okay.
0: So, So in high school, you couldn't have a conversation like we're having today? No. Okay. What would it sound like if we were talking and it was in high school? So if I were asking you these kinds of questions?
1: I'd probably either not respond or I'd repeat what you said.
0: Okay. Let me ask, why did you repeat what I said? Because I think many teachers out there need to understand that idea.
1: I mean, I couldn't say what I wanted to say. So my way, I I would get stuck. And so um, I was stuck kind of back at what you said. Okay. So that's why I would like keep repeating it. So I couldn't get past that. I would have something to say, but I couldn't get quite, quite there. Um, so because I couldn't get there, I was stuck at what you said. So that would just kind of come out.
0: Okay. So you'd end up repeating what the person asking the question said because you were stuck there.
1: Yes. And because like, you know, when you're practicing speech, mm-hmm. you copy mm-hmm. and somebody will say like, say this. And so then you'll repeat them. Mm-hmm. So verbally I was pretty good at repeating.
0: hmm Perfect, so tell me about a time when, maybe in high school, when um, your communication kind of got in the way for you.
1: Uh, so yeah, so um, in special ed, um, we would have outings to the community to practice like functional skills. I can't remember what the class was called. But, right, uh, life yeah, right, life skills or functional. So, yeah, real life skills or something like that. Okay. Um, so one of our outings, um, each year was to go to a fast food restaurant Mm -hmm. and um, order independently. And so we would practice um, that at school and then we'd get to go, well, um, my my grandma loves fast food. Mm -hmm. And so as a real little kiddo, one of my things that I spent a lot of time doing was cutting coupons Mm -hmm. um, for the fast food. So we would go and she'd pick out what she wanted and I would cut them out. So I became um, an expert on anything fast food. Um, so I I have a like an, a, a real affection for fast food ads. So I know every menu and then usually all the current promotions at all the fast food. So I was like, I was
0: stoked um, to get to go to McDonald's. So, um, can I pause you and ask you a question about promotions? Like what's an example of a current promotion right now for a fast food restaurant?
1: Like, uh, for McDonald's, mm-hmm. they have a deal, $2 egg McMuffins, I think it is, mm-hmm. but the ad says you deserve a tastier morning. <laughs> okay. Um, so anytime I see that ad, whoever's with me, I tell them, you deserve a taste of your morning right. and point out the
0: ad. That's nice. That's a nice sentiment to tell someone that yeah. they deserve a taste of your morning. Okay, sorry. So back to, you're in a special ed outing, um, and your grandmother's someone who loves to coupon, and you're pretty excited about going to McDonald's. So. Yeah, I'm
1: pumped. <laughs> um, so um, while I love fast food, I have like a love-hate relationship with it because um, I'm also gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free. Okay. Um, so what does
0: that leave at a
1: fast food restaurant? Not much. So for McDonald's I was going to get um an a like a fruit parfait because um I at least back then their yogurt actually didn't have any dairy. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is but That's it's fascinating. It's not dairy. Okay. So um I was going to get that and a soda. Okay. Um so We at that point, I didn't have you know, function like enough functional um, speech, so we loaded it into my uh communication device. So I had it ready, um, and that's what I was going to order. So we go to McDonald's and it's my turn, so everybody else is sitting down because it's like about being independent. Okay, so I go up there alone, and um, the clerk um asked me, uh, Can I? can I interest you in a Big Mac? Uh-huh. And I say, yes, um, because I guess I didn't say this before, but verbally, um, I always agreed to things. Um, if you agree, you don't have to usually expand on anything. Sure. Um, so it's much easier. So verbally, I almost always agree. So when the guy asked me, Can I interest you in a Big Mac? I was like, (laughs) yes. Um, And then I turn around my communication device and also order my fruit parfait. Sure. And
0: um, soda. So I'm going to pause because I need listeners to understand this. So if people ask you something and you really mean no, you you know, you really are thinking the answer is no. You're still going to say yes. Okay. So you'll still say yes. Yes. And so it's not a very reliable response right from you
1: even still okay so um uh my roommate often will ask me something and I'll agree and she knows to just like wait okay. it out and then she'll get the real answer it might be yes or it might not um but, but she usually like just gives me a look and I know that she'll wait um so i mean i've i've agreed to all sorts of things that I don't really want to or um, people think, like, I like the same things as them, mm-hmm. and I might not.
0: Right, because you just said yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. And usually I have a pretty strong opinion about it. Um, I just can't get that across.
0: Okay. So now I'm going to go back to the day that you're sitting there with a fruit parfait and a Big Mac that you accidentally ordered. Because, yeah. Because you said yes. Yes. And... A soda. Yeah. Okay. So tell me what happens next. So
1: I have my tray with okay. those three items and I go sit down and like, I'm somebody who loves fast food right. and who has never, ever had a burger, especially a Big Mac, oh, yeah. which was like in the nineties advertised heavily. Sure. Um. So, I mean, I had to eat it.
0: <laughs> like how couldn't you not? Right? right. I was just sitting there looking right. at you.
1: So, I ate it, but then soon, I mean, just a couple bites. Okay. Because then soon I went into anaphylactic shock.
0: Okay. And
1: ended up in the ER.
0: So, yeah. So, saying yes in this case was, you know, you talked at the first episode about the most dangerous assumption. Yes. In this case, this is a pretty. most dangerous for me. (laughs) Most dangerous, right? And so, tell me what happened. so, your dad picked you up at the ER? Yeah. Okay. And, um. I mean, he
1: laughed about it. <laughs> um, he said, I hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. It's your first and last Big Mac.
0: So, did you enjoy the first couple bites? I mean, I did. Okay, good. <laughs> it's like juicy, right? I can still kind of taste it. You can remember that mm-hmm. moment. That is probably, might have been worth it. Probably not worth it to repeat. I mean, maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, Brianna, I think we should tell our listeners that. We have a new guest who's joined us, <laughs> and this is Skippy John Jones, the world's kookiest cat. Um, do you think you can answer questions with?
1: I'll try. Okay.
0: <laughs> have you- yeah, this cat is the cutest and craziest. So Brianna right now is giving this cat a full massage, and I can't tell who's happier. <laughs> what do you think?
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Maybe, maybe you. Okay, good. Okay, so we're gonna try to finish this particular um, episode with Skippy John Jones's help. Um, so you've been talking about communication, and I was just wondering if you could share with our listeners um, what advice do you have for educators who support people who don't maybe have very traditional communication systems.
1: Um, I think for one, um, honor like recognize that there's. Um lots of different ways to communicate, not just speech. Right.
0: Um, and honor all of those different ways. Um so I love that you use the word honor, and I just wonder, can you elaborate on that? How do you honor different types of communication?
1: Yeah, so um if somebody is uh is communicating, let's say via pointing mm-hmm. or um I mean behavior can be Communication um, or, um, you know, there's all different ways. Uh, Pointing, um, pictures, um, noises. I communicate lots of times just with noise. Sure. Um, And just like honoring that. So recognizing it as such Mm. and then doing what you would do for speech. So trying to understand what they're saying and um, then responding. Mhm. Um whether that whether they're speaking or not mm-hmm. so honoring um recognizing and honoring all forms great of communication and then um also recognizing that um speech may not be the most reliable or the most um the maybe not it may not be what what a person would choose in terms of communication. Lots lots of times even now, um, I uh, wish that I couldn't speak because since I can, people expect it always, Mm -hmm. um, and that that may or may not be possible.
0: (laughs) So I'm going to have to push pause because we've been joined by a French bulldog. So I'm going to stop him and maybe clear out the room because it's turning into a straight-up circus in here. So hold on one second. Okay, we're back, and we we have only only three mammals in the room now. So we'll see <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, so I love what you said about preference, and I just want to kind of highlight that for people. So you said sometimes you wish you um, didn't speak because everybody expects you to. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea. Is that how would you prefer to communicate most often? Type typing,
1: texting, emailing written
0: uh, written communication yeah. yeah so if if someone supports a person who has a preference for typed communication like you do um i'll just give an example of something i've done and and tell me if this makes sense i've done typed communication with with a student who's even sitting next to me right so literally it's almost like a text communication yeah but when i worked with several students especially on emotional topics when they weren't really feeling like um talking about it yeah I would type the question and 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 sort of slide over the keyboard, and then they would write back, yes, and I found that I got so um much more information from people. Yes, is that what you're talking about? Is that an example?
1: yeah i I mean, um uh, uh, I usually um, think about the how can I answer in as few of words as possible? if I'm doing it via speech. Um, but I can elaborate much more if I um, can write. Mm-hmm. It also um, allows for like um, me to think through things. So, right, like, speeches, they require kind of like an immediate response, mm-hmm. whereas if you're typing, know like texting or whatever you have time to think through it Mm -hmm. um before answering
0: Mm -hmm. and then back to your your idea about how yes is an automatic for you sometimes um over text or writing is yes also an automatic or is it different no because
1: i might think agreeing at first um but I have the time to like sort through that mm-hmm. and give the real answer.
0: Okay. So internally you can sort through and decide what do I really think? Yeah. Nice. Okay, good. So do you have any other um, advice for people who communicate in maybe different ways?
1: Um. Yeah. So um, really uh, almost going back to the first podcast about competence. Yeah. Um. How someone does or doesn't communicate um isn't indicative of their like intelligence, capacity or ability. It's just indicative of like their communication. Um and and maybe, you know, some need for support in that area, but it doesn't have any um it doesn't relate directly to their Intell- ability or capacity.
0: Okay. I love that point and I want to sort of say it again so people can hear it. And I'd love for you to correct me if I'm wrong. So Brianna, you you think, and I, I know you know that I think too, that communication is one skill and it is not tied to intelligence, capacity, ability. Right. And yet it is such a valued skill. Right. Right. So it, I find the irony of me asking you these questions verbally right now is pretty interesting. And I feel sheepish about it right now to say, Hey, listen. This isn't how I prefer to communicate, but yet yeah, you're doing a podcast, right? Do you have writings that um, are going to be helpful for people to understand your thinking? I, I mean, I have some papers, but I don't know. They're not out there. Okay. And after our conversation yesterday, we've been talking a lot about you're thinking about writing a book at some point. Yes. Okay. What is the title of your book going to be when you write it
1: um i think it will be um lessons learned from my unspecial education
0: And why do you use the phrase unspecial um well because
1: it was deemed special um but i find it very opposite um and um one is typically a negative negative. Um, and so I see it in that way
0: mm-hmm. I think it's a brilliant title right this concept of it was deemed special like we have to put the word special there as yeah. if and yet your experiences were far from that yes right okay good all right so back to communication is there anything else that you would want people to know or understand about communication
1: um. The only thing is, uh, thinking about motor planning. Okay. Um. In terms of communication, so, um. Motor planning is like very a basic understanding is kind of all of the different planning that has to happen in order to perform anything with your body. So even with speech, right? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of planning. So your brain has to connect to your body and then plan out all of these different things, you know, to make your tongue go specific ways in your mouth and your teeth and your lips. Right there's a lot of planning that goes into it. So oftentimes, um, if somebody um, struggles with motor planning, they also struggle with communication. So sometimes it's not about a communication exactly per se. Um, struggle but it's more about the motor planning Mm. struggle
0: right so i'm just thinking about all that it takes to to uh perform speech right and so i'm even thinking about your breath support your diaphragm like you went all the way to here but also the rest of your body has to be involved right and your brain has to tell your body all those
1: right and if if you're typing that Uh. adds a whole nother portion of your body
0: Right, but you prefer typing. Is it yeah. less or more, com- I don't know, is it less or more complex for you to type, motorically speaking?
1: It's it's less, less complex for me, for me to type. Okay. Once I've learned it.
0: Sure, but the learning process? Took forever. forever. <laughs> okay, good. But wait, you started typing in sixth grade? Yeah. Okay. And so prior to that, no communication right. that was reliable and useful in lots of situations, right? Right. right. Okay, good. Um, yeah, and then anything else you want to share with people about communication? Okay. Nope. Okay, <laughs> perfect. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming today uh, and teaching us about communication and what, um, I want to add one thing. So obviously we're talking about autism and inclusion and communication. Um, and I want to ask you, is everything that we're talking about applicable to all people with autism? No. So say more about that.
1: Um, I mean, I know the saying is always like, "You meet one person with autism, you've met one person with autism." Yeah. Um, but ev- everything um, I share today is about my experiences. Yeah. Um, and it may or may not be applicable to anybody else in the world.
0: Right. Um, but it it
1: offers some things to think about
0: at least. Beautiful. Right, so I want people to understand that when I'm interviewing Brianna talking about autism and communication, I'm not suggesting that every human with autism experiences autism in the same way, experiences speech in the same way. That's not my point. But just like Brianna said, it is a starting point, and I think hearing from you about your experiences is far more important than hearing from someone with who doesn't experience autism, like me. Um, so thank you for sharing this and shedding light on what we can think about. Thank you what a pleasure it's been having Brianna Dickens here with us today. Um, please join us for our next podcast where Brianna sheds some light about friendships.